When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. <laughs> Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I am your host, Simon Brooks, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away and bring you back safely. I recently visited Puerto Rico. In case you're not sure where Puerto Rico is, it is southeast of Florida, USA, and directly north of Venezuela in South America. It's in the Caribbean. We spent quite some time exploring this island, a little over a hundred miles across, and came across a lot, I mean a lot, of driftwood. This spot in Cabo Rojo, on the southernmost western part of Puerto Rico, south of Pole Ojea, is only accessible by foot right now. It is a long hike, and in the heat of the day, there's a feeling that maybe you shouldn't really be there. This place tucked away is filled with driftwood. My daughter suggested it was cut back mango groves, as there are many mango groves throughout Puerto Rico. But there was something odd and magical about this place. The beach was littered with pieces of sun-bleached wood, from the smallest twigs to great trunks of tree. 2,000 feet, 610 meters of beach, covered in driftwood. When the tide came in, these pieces of white wood stood up out of the water, looking like bones reaching for the sky, beseeching to be released from the grip of the ocean. I wondered how much wood could possibly be washed up in one place. Whilst my family headed to Bahai Salinas Beach, I made my way in amongst the dead wood. The tide had gone out. The sand was firm and as white as the wood. Once inside, walking amongst these parts of trees, branches and roots, it didn't feel like a few hundred metres, but it felt like miles, as if I had walked into another dimension. As I strode, I felt as if I might get lost, but the sun-bleached wood, the hot sand, the bright blue sky was magical. I saw a woman sitting on this large overturned root. She was carving something. I coughed so as not to come up on her and surprise them. Today, our first storyteller is Ed Stivender. Ed is a great and most beloved storyteller in our community. He is a lot of fun, and I have not heard him tell this story, so I am as excited as you are to hear Ed tell the story, The Hogo Phone. People say you have a banjo, they always say, hey, far out, play dueling banjos. <laughs> All right, I will. Won't you join me? 
Get ready. Here we go. When I came down here to Jonesboro in 1976, thank you, I saw Doc McConnell, saw um, Catherine Wyndham, and I saw Ray Hicks, God rest all of their souls, and there was a young whippersnapper out there at that time, a fellow by the name of David Holt. You probably have seen David Holt around here once or twice. David Holt, you can hear him every Saturday night in NPR doing that Riverwalk jazz. He's a wonderful storyteller. He was showing up with Doc Watson, uh, God rest his soul, for a long time. Wonderful storyteller. And he, I saw him do this piece a couple of years ago, and I tried to get the piece, uh, get a copy of the piece, and David was kind enough to send me a, an old uh, VHS copy of this piece, and then he gave me permission to do it. Shoulder up your gun, whistle up your dog. Shoulder up your gun, whistle up your dog. We're going out and find a groundhog. Oh, groundhog. This is a story about Uncle Ike Hinton, who was a fellow who lived over in Roswell, North Carolina. Now, Uncle Ike was the inventor of the hogophone. A hogophone was made by taking a window frame or the window frame in your house. You don't want to take the window frame out. You just leave it in your house, but you take the glass out. And then you tack a groundhog hide into that, and Uncle Ike would... Tack that thing in, just make it as tight as a drum in that empty window pane. And, and then he would take a long wire, tie a big old knot at the end of that wire, put it through the groundhog hide, and then he'd run that wire way down to Granny Beecher's house. Granny Beecher also had a window with a groundhog hide tucked in, just as tight as a drum. And the wire went from the middle of Uncle Ike's groundhog hide down to the middle of Granny Beecher's groundhog hide. And so they could stand up to it on either end, and they could talk back and forth. If they wanted to talk, they had a special signal, three taps. Howdy, Granny, how you feeling? <laughs> oh, I'm just as fine as frog hair, Uncle Ike. How's your garden? Oh, my garden's in good shape. How'd your taters turn out? Oh, they didn't turn out. I had to go dig them out. Oh, Granny. What Granny loved most about that hogophone was when she could get Uncle Ike to play his banjo up at his end so that she could do some aerobic buck dancing down at her end. She always liked to hear one thing more than anything else, and that was Cripple Creek. Uncle Ike would get up, and he'd rub his eyes, and he'd take his banjo and go over to the groundhog hide at his end, and he'd just rip into that song, play it as fast and as loud as he could. Granny would jump out of bed and she'd start dancing. She'd hit the ground dance and the dust would be flying and she'd be dancing and dancing and dancing and dancing and dancing and dancing until she was plumb tuckered out. What Uncle Ike 
liked most about the groundhog hogophone was when he could get Granny to put her newfangled radio up against the groundhog high down at her end so that he could listen to the newest songs on that newfangled radio. Songs like Uncle Dave Macon's Keep My Skillet Good and Greasy. Keep my skillet good and greasy all the time, time, time. Keep my skillet good and greasy all the time. Keep my skillet good and greasy all the time, time, time. Keep my skillet good and greasy all the time. Now, when Uncle Ike, oh, please. When Uncle Ike just wanted to hear the radio and he didn't feel like talking, he had a special signal, and that was five taps. On this day that I'm going to tell you about, he tapped three times. He felt like talking. How you doing, Granny? Oh, I do just like I want to do, Uncle Ike. How do you do? Well, I'm not doing so well, Granny. There's been a bear coming up the last couple of nights, and Old Blue, he's been barking and scaring that bear off. But Old Blue has run off with another old dog, and I don't know what I'm going to do tonight. Well, you better stay up and wait all, all night because if that bear catch you sleeping, he'll wring your neck. I guess you're right, Granny. Well, talk to you in the morning. Well. So that night, Uncle Ike got his banjo, got his shotgun. These were in the old days before shotguns were dangerous. <laughs> he got his banjo. These were in the old days before banjos were dangerous. <laughs> he got his rocket chair and he slid that rocket chair out on the porch. And he sat down on that rocking chair with his shotgun at his side and a big pot of boiled coffee. And he played all the tunes he knew. And he didn't have to repeat a single one because he knew so many. Well, he was playing all night and then that... That sun started coming up over the hill, and he felt so good, and it felt so warm. He had been up all night long, and he hadn't seen hiding the hair of that bear. So he figured he'd move that rocking chair back inside the house and play a few more tunes and maybe catch a couple of winks. But he'd been up all night long, and he was so tired, he just fell asleep. <laughs> All of a sudden, he heard a scratching noise, and he opened his eyes, and there standing in the doorway of his cabin was the biggest, blackest ten-foot bear he'd ever seen in his life, and it was coming right for him. Well, he leaned back with the end of his banjo, and he hit that hogophone hide. Meanwhile, Granny is down ready to cook breakfast. When she hears the five taps, she figures Uncle Ike wants to hear the radio, so she clicks it on. Round, round, old Joe Clark, round, round, I see. Round, round, old Joe Clark, and your man to play. Granny's about to go back to work on her breakfast when all of a sudden she hears coming out of Uncle Likes and. And right away, Granny knows that Uncle Ike is in big trouble. That bear is after him. So she turns up the radio as high as she can, and she heads out the door with her shotgun over the creek and up that road, uh, to, uh, up the hill to where Uncle Ike lives. Well, she's coming around the corner, 
and she sees something coming out of the door of Uncle Ike's house. It's that bear, and he's got something long and skinny in his hands. Might be Uncle Ike's leg or his arm or something. And she takes her gun and she shoots. But she missed. Well, everything is just as quiet as can be. She's afraid to look inside the house because she knows she's going to see Uncle Ike all over the walls. But she finally looks around the corner and into the house. And there's Uncle Ike. He's sitting there shaking, but he's okay. Oh, Granny, you saved my life. Well, that bear was coming at me with his long claws. But you turned that radio up and the bear stepped back and did the cutest little buck dance I've ever seen. Not as cute as your buck dancing, Granny, but it was very nice. But then he started coming after me with them long black claws. I thought he was going to wring my neck, but he didn't grab my neck, Granny. He grabbed my banjo and ran out the door. Now, what do you think he want with my banjo, Granny? Well, after that, Uncle Ike was never bothered by that bear again. But sometimes, Uncle Ike said, late at night... When everything was still, he could hear. Ra 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 ra. Thank you. Looking for a new talent, always wanted to play a musical instrument? Then visit the Pied Piper's Wind Shop. From economic penny whistles to bassy bassoons, there is something you can wrap yourself and your fingers around. Chanters, both magical and for bagpipes, for bringing a love to your life. Kazoos, combs and with a set of papers to get rid of those who... for those pests you need removing. Tubers to bring the winds, piccolos to bring the sun. Learn an instrument today. Your grandkids will be impressed. Your children will give you space and you will gain more friends, especially if you get one of those magical chances. Instruments, lessons, all at Pied Piper's Wind Shop. Shop now and get your wind on. Going on a trip somewhere sunny and need a new tea? Your shopping bags or library bags getting worn out? or just really dirty, need a coaster for that new table and a mug to put on the coaster. Maybe you're looking for a magnet to put on a naked fridge. Why not shop for some unique gifts on Etsy at the Story Story Boutique. That's www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash Story Story Boutique. As I stepped over the driftwood, the woman hearing my cough turned and looked at me before returning to the piece of wood she was carving. As I got closer, I saw the piece she was working with was triangular. My Spanish, sadly, is almost non-existent, but I do try. This is not my country after all, and I shouldn't expect locals to speak my language. I wanted to ask about the driftwood, but instead stood by the woman's side and watched as she carved. She was not young, but she was not old either. She seemed timeless in some odd way. Hola, me llamo Simon. ¿Cómo se llama usted? 
The woman looked up at me, standing there in my straw fedora and long-sleeved shirt, trying not to get burned by the sun, and smiled a smile that said she was trying not to laugh at me. Miyamo Atebe, we can speak in English if you like. Thank you, that would be wonderful. My Spanish is horrible and very limited. I hope you don't mind me bothering you. Not at all, she said. Atabe went back to carving the wood. Like I said, it was triangular in shape, and she seemed to be carving a figure out of it. I love this wood on the beach. I've never seen so much driftwood on a beach before. It feels like it was collected by one of the gods or goddesses of the sea. Azimi. I'm sorry, a what? Azimi. You might call it a god or a goddess, but here, in our language, she is Azimi. Oh, thank you. I watched as she carved. I began to feel a little uncomfortable and as if I were intruding, so I thanked Atabe again and left her to her work. Later that day, my daughter and her friend went to a shop where they got henna tattoos. They were gone so long I went to find them. They had made friends with a person working there, a young woman, a native Puerto Rican. I stood waiting for my daughter to get her henna tattoo finished. I looked about the small shop. On the walls were images of petroglyphs and the like. One suddenly caught my eye. I ran my finger over the triangular figure. What's the story behind this image? I asked the young woman tapping the picture. She looked at me and smiled. Oh, that's the Zemi Atabe. She's the Tieno ruler of the oceans. Our second storyteller is someone who I met virtually in 2020, but met for the first time in person this year, 2023, when I was in Nebraska. Alan DeBay is a storyteller's favourite. He has whimsy and humour and is one of the most kind people I know. And a bit of a tech wizard too. Sit back and enjoy Alan's story. It all started off on an ordinary day until I woke up. You see, when I woke up, I heard this little tiny voice. I looked all around my room, but there was nobody there. And then on the floor, I saw this little tiny spider. And I knelt down and I listened. And this is what I heard. Hello, I'm Miranda. I'm a spider. Please don't step on me. And I didn't. I took good care of that spider. But then one day I decided what I was going to use this spider for. I was going to train it to create massive underwater spider webs to catch fish. Now, at first, I did have a problem. You see, spider webs are not strong enough or waterproof enough to catch fish. But after a little thinking, I devised a special diet for Miranda, consisting of ground-up concrete and water sealer, and I mixed that all up, and I fed that to Miranda, and with three months, her webs were as strong as concrete, as waterproof as water sealer, and still as flexible as spider webs. Yes, I took her out to the lake, and I had her tie herself to my fishing line, and I cast her out. Splash. And I waited half an hour, 
and Miranda came walking up my line. And I waited another half an hour. My line broke. Well, I didn't stop my idea of catching fish. The next time I went out, I was much smarter. I just backed my truck to the edge of the lake, had herself tie herself to my hitch of my truck, and I threw her out. And, there, and she went splash. And I waited an hour, and she came crawling up her web. I waited another hour, and my truck was barely able to haul those 2,000 pounds of fish out of the lake. And you know what? That's when the local wildlife and parks officer came walking in my direction. And he was not in a good mood. He said, you realize you cannot use nets in the lake, don't you? I said, yeah, of course, I was not using a net. He said, what's this? I said, a spider web. And I showed him Miranda. Well, I'm not sure if he bought that hook, line, and spider or not. But he did let me go. But he told me to never, ever use spider webs in the lake again. And he and I did not. But I knew I had a good idea. I asked Miranda if she could train other spiders to catch fish. And she said, sure. And she trained lots of spiders for me. I was now going to go into the business of selling fishing spiders. But people around where I live, they weren't buying it. Now, this was a good 30 years ago, and there wasn't a good way to sell spiders that could fish yet. And so I devised a system of hooking computers up together, and I named it the Internet, which you know became known as the World Wide Web, and now you know why. Well, business was going great. I was selling, selling spiders and spiders and spiders on the World Wide Web. But then one day, I could not find Miranda anywhere. I realized when she was napping, I had accidentally sold her. And so I waited a week, and I got on the phone, and I called up all of my customers. But you know what? I had sold Miranda to the wrong person. It was someone for the equal rights of insects and arachnids. And they claimed that the new diet I was feeding the spider was dangerous for them. And you know what? It was just two weeks later, the police arrived and they read me Miranda's rights. And they took me away to jail. Now, in court, Miranda explained that the new diet didn't cause any problem, and they let me go. But if you ever see a talking spider, I recommend that you just let the spider lie. Or, as Miranda would say, What a tangled web we weave when telling stories that are oh so hard to believe. I hope you enjoyed today's stories. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Story Story podcast. Show the love and find the work of our storytellers online and tell them that you heard them here on this podcast. Many thanks to Alan and Ed for sharing their talents with us. 
Listeners, find opportunities to connect with the magic of live storytelling, whether it's in person or virtual. There are wonderful tellers out there. Go and find your favourite storytellers from Story Story Podcast and discover what they can bring to your home and community. Did you know you can connect with the podcast and see the fairy tale sponsor ads on Facebook or Instagram at Story Story Podcast? Or you can connect with me at Simon M. Brooks on Instagram. Also check out hashtag In The Woods With Mo and on Facebook and my website at Simon Brooks Storyteller. Diamond Screen, yep, that's me. Please let us know a favourite story you have heard or the favourite stories of your childhood. Who knows, maybe you'll hear them here soon. The inspiration for the fairy tale sponsor? Well, there's a penny whistle sitting on my desk. And the inspiration for the true fairy tale came from a recent trip to Puerto Rico. The music is by Poddington Bear. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcasts, which help others find and enjoy the show. You'll hear more stories next week, but until then, live happily ever after. Mary Kate opened up the door, and there, on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court. I hope you enjoyed today's stories at Story Story. My stomach's gurgling a lot. Holy cow. And the true fairy tale, well, and the inspiration. (laughs) 